Hello and welcome to The Game Is About Glory. I'm your host, Steph, and joining me is Milo. Hello, Milo. Hi, <laughs> Steph. How are you doing, mate? Good. And I realised I just said joining me is Milo. Hello, Milo. So uh, I didn't say mate. So I should say mate. Mate is the word of uh, of the day around the, the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium after yesterday's You've gone full Ange. I can, yeah. I can see you with your, your hat on with the corks hanging from, right. the, from the rim. And um, right. You know, it's great. One of the Sky reporters actually interviewed him after the game. I don't know if you saw this. And he got he got a, he got a mate <sighs> off Ange. Ange looked at him. He said something like, well, yeah, mate, I know what I'm doing or something like that. And as he was walking away, the journalist tapped him on the shoulder and said, I got my first mate. <laughs> really funny (laughs) but yeah i mean look i've got to say uh uh, to everyone who's listening that this week um i find myself in dallas texas so i am going to be trying to live vicariously through milo's saturday evening experience i should explain that shouldn't i really (laughs) what i mean is that milo um uh, who will surely speak for himself in a minute or two uh was at the tottenham hotspur stadium for what looked felt and sounded like the dawning of a new era to me and to everyone i think it was a really exciting and i felt uh somewhat emphatic 2-0 win over manchester united um you know in fact mate uh, just mate see in fact mate (laughs) Just, you know, bring us into how your day went, how it started. And actually, this really intriguing detail you dropped on me a couple of days ago, which was a, a meetup with a couple of the Games About Glory listeners for a pint or two. Um, yeah, so it's all a bit last minute. So it says, you know, my dad's not very well at the moment. And I'm not even meant to be in the country at the moment. Um, so, but because, because of my dad's health, it's everything's a bit kind of day to day. Yeah, I was due to fly out to the Czech Republic to join my wife and son on holiday there. Um, they've been away for the last month and I've been kind of home on my Todd and cancelled plans for that midweek. And then um, kind of Friday, yeah, Friday, so I've gone to see my, my, my dad on, on Friday. And then on the way home from that, I thought, fuck it, I'm going to go and buy a ticket for Spurs <laughs> and um, yeah, pick one up. So yeah, all a bit last minute. Yeah. So I'd say some listen. I met, I met up with um, so more of a Twitter mate than, so he does listen to the pod, but um, Andy Creed, who's uh, yeah, so, someone I've you know, friends with on Twitter and ch- chat up with he'd, he'd messaged me during the week say that you're going to the game I said, I'm not sure yet but after I bought a ticket told him that I was and um yeah we met out for a few beers it was really good fun good chat as like I said really really buzzy I mean so I was up at um say the Shakhtar game a couple of weeks ago and there was a, a you know really nice buzzy atmosphere before that different because you know it's a lot more a lot more families there and you know kind of younger uh younger crowd but you know similarly kind of optimistic buzzy atmosphere and that was the same yesterday I just think it's been really really nice going to a game and they're not being kind of this um kind of pent-up angst and nervousness that's been kind of a hallmark of the last I don't know four or five years I suppose and people just enjoying themselves and that kind of went into the stadium so you know was it I I mean, I think probably got to tip a hat here to um, to return uh, return of the shelf TFC flags and Spurs song sheet for all the work that they've done in terms of um, kind of the music in the build up to the game. So um, the song sheet um, have been you know, and uh, and return of the shelf have done a lot of work around um, the music that's been played around the ground before we go into the stadium, and then also what we're walking out to. Uh, we had a, a, a singing section start this game which is at the back of the park lane was just just behind me which was really really effective and really helped drive the atmosphere and obviously we had the tifo and and flags which was you know fan fan organized and fan funded and just the whole thing i think it just felt like everything was coming together so you know obviously helps that we're playing great football it helps that we've got a manager that um 
we can all get behind and you know it's straight talking and, and it's great and you know everything like that and it's it's good that we've got some you know some exciting players that have come in but i think also a lot of this has been down to a lot of hard work from fans trying to make the experience in the stadium better for fans and yesterday it really paid off it's the noisiest it's the noisiest i've ever experienced the new stadium i wasn't there for the north london derby a couple of seasons ago um but you know, as people I've spoken to said, you know, that was kind of the peaks of that were very noisy, but maybe not all the way through. It was just constant from the very, very beginning. And I think pretty much everything they tried paid off. You know, the, the trumpeter was great. Um, you know, uh, you know, the music choices were great. You know, it, obviously, even down to when they're reading out the team sheet, they've asked them to read it out faster, so it's, it's snappier and it's more, it's quicker, and just everything had been thought through, and it was just really good, really good. I suppose we do also have to give the, uh, you know the club credit for working with the with the, oh, the fans yeah. on this yeah. and, and you know we, we're i don't think anybody's shy to criticize the club and their administration and haven't been and and and, and justified as it has been at times but we equally should recognize when they come together and do good stuff so this has been a good work on them to accept yeah this, i mean this movement i mean it's good yeah yeah and I, I mean i think yeah maybe it's easy for everyone to get up for man united easy to get up for the first home game of the se- you know premier league home game of the season yeah, next up at home is Sheffield United. Not as not as glamorous a fixture. That'll be a real test. If if we can have that kind of atmosphere for Sheffield United and the games onwards, then this is the start of something really, really special. And you know what I would. I mean, I, I think you know I you know, Ram was at the game yesterday. He was buzzing as well. Everyone I've spoken to who was there was buzzing. You know, coming you know coming downstairs. I went down to Beavertown, had a beer. What you know, wait for the crowds to die away a bit before I went to get my to get my train back. That was buzzing. Yeah, everyone was singing. It was really, really, really good. And what I'd say to people is, you know, if you haven't been for a while, or even if you have, get along there soon because it 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 was really you know. I woke up this morning. My ears were ringing. I was just like about been... to. I was just about to tell people that you told me that you had a, a touch of the old uh, tinnitus. You referred to it as yeah. being uh, being like a gig. Yeah, no, <laughs> like, just Good. like noisy. Like the friend, you know, the one of the you know, several of the Ange songs. You know, everyone's clapping and stuff. And you know, again, people say like my hands hurt this morning. You know, it's yeah. kind of Good. It, and. Yeah, my cheeks. Oh, it's been hurt. a long. My, 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 my cheek. My cheeks hurt from grinning. That's that's wow. That's it. So yeah, it, did and, they hurt from singing? Did you sing? Yeah, so I sung. I sung all the way through. I think everyone does. Like there was a stage in the second half where I kind of turned around to the guy next to me and so like kind of this wave after wave of attack. I turned around to him next to him and said, "It hasn't been like this for a while, has it?" And he was like, "No, no you yeah, know, just yeah, yeah, yeah." I think I think there was a, a collective release as well. Yes, and, and I think I think that's a very important point is that we have been waiting for an excuse to behave this way for a long time, for four years. I mean, that's the truth of it. Mm. That's been a long time coming and it's great. It really feels like we're at the beginning of a, of a whole new wave of these experiences. And I think you made a very good point at the top and we're going to get to the game in a second, but I think these are good good things to talk about. You know, they always say it rolls downhill. I mean, they do. And, you know, we once again, you know, we, we have to pay tribute to, to, you know, Uncle Ange or however you want to refer to him because he's calm Daddy. and he's, yeah, he just makes you feel better about everything. He's not overreactionary either way, but he's, it, it, but he's not cold either. It's, it's a, it's a tough act to, to achieve. You can tell he's passionate, but he's just, he's just not a bullshitter either. He's very, very easy to get behind and he's calm. And and actually, his acquiescence to the fact, look, it's two games in, we're excited, we can see the direction, but but you just feel good about it. 
you know, he just brings a sense of calm. And it's almost that calm that allows you to enjoy it rather than break it apart and analyze it, which, of course, we're now going to spend the next you know, 50 minutes doing. But I think in deep inside, we all have wanted that kind of leadership. And of course, it helps that the football's pretty good. I mean, yeah, which we, yeah. I, mean I think it helps. So when he, like the pre-match presser, they were asking, he was asking about, you know, the fans singing his name and saying, yeah, it makes him feel uncomfortable because he hasn't earned it yet. Um, and of course, we, you know, we didn't listen to that because we sung his name pretty much relentlessly for 90 minutes. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I think that's good, you know, and just maybe just downplaying it a little bit. And, um, I think post-match presser again, he said, oh, you know, we're, brilliant. we're probably, we're probably ahead of where he expected us to be after, you know, he's been in job for, you know, what is it? Six weeks, you know, second Premier League game. Um, you know, a handful of friendlies in front of that, but you know, not many games in and, you know, we're ahead <laughs> of where, where he thought we would be. But yeah, I think I just, he's great. He's really good. And you can see that everyone's bonding with him and i think it probably helps that we've a general generation we've had a generational shift in the side as well yeah. in terms of the starters and i think that really helps because you get that buy oh we're going to get into that yeah no you know, we'll get into that because there is a new crop of leadership rapidly ascending in this side i mean it was very clear yesterday i mean why don't we just go to the team selection why don't we just start there i think mm-hmm. probably Probably the one that really, uh, you know, took most people's eye, although, again, I'll say it probably didn't take yours as much, was the swap of Porro for um, for Emerson. Um, uh, you know, effectively, uh, I presume, to counter the speed, uh, paradoxically, uh, in a defensive sense, he was there to counter the speed of Man United on the on the break. It was it almost seemed that it was that that selection rather than for his attacking prowess. But who knows? You get you, you get a you get a buy in on either end from him. He's he's such a dynamic player. And I mean, you were saying this last week that in terms of his dynamism, he probably is slightly more suited to what Andrew's looking for. But why don't you get into the team selection from your perspective? Yeah, I would say there are only two changes again: Safa Skip and and Poro for. For Royale, both of which I think were the right calls. I think Skip wow. was probably, I think Skip was probably our weakest player last weekend. Um, I think he struggled to to get into the game against Brentford a bit. Um, and yeah, Saad, I just thought just has so much energy. His pressing was superb. Uh, his movement was superb. Um, you know, I think you know, I, I think he made that, but you know, really, really staked a really good claim for that position being his. I think with Poro, I th- so I think. I think this is probably a bit of an issue we've got with the perception of the team full stop at the moment. Um, you know, a lot of the you know, comments about the, the front line as well, I think you know, people are just a little bit off. And I think you've got to start looking at the team as a unit and what, um, nice. you know, what, the, what the system wants and what we're trying to do. And Poro is a lot, lot better on the ball than, than Royal. And he's, you know, Royal needs two touches where Poro needs one. And in terms of actually trying to play through teams and attack, that's really useful. You know, our first goal, Poro has got, has got two involvements in that build-up that are astro- absolutely instrumental that Royal couldn't do. So at the very, very beginning, he receives the ball and he plays a pass into Richarlison. It's a really tight, narrow pass, first-time pass into Richarlison midfield. Emerson would have had to have two touches and that chance is gone. And then obviously, uh, then later on, Porro gets the ball and he plays the pass through to Kulisewski. So he gets the assist for the assist. Again, Royal can't do that. Royal's a good player. I'm not slating him. I'm not, I'm not, you know, being, being critical of him. But I do think within this system, 
there's a kind of an attack is the best form of defense and you've got to be a hundred percent committed to it in order for it to work and i think both of the players who came in today sorry sorry today yesterday are more committed to that system they're more aggressive they're going to try the chances they're going to force that they're going to close down quicker they're going to be snappier and i think that's the reason he did it Um, sorry yeah yeah sorry go on no, I was just going to say, I mean, another thing with Saar, and I think we've talked about this before, and uh, he just continues that the fluidity of his movement is he's such an effortless. I mean, he sort of glides around, but he's powerful. I mean, he's, it, it's impossible to not think of a prime prime Vieira with maybe a little more skill even. I mean, I thought, I mean, we're sort of going out, out of order here in a sense, but you talk about that first goal. I mean, he's made a 60-yard diagonal run to get into that position, yeah? Uh, and, and I mean, the finish, that's technically an extremely hard yeah, yeah. finish. I yeah, mean, it's, it, it's not going to get the credit it gets. It, it should because... Uh, it's, it's, it, I, yeah, it's high, it's high and going away from him. So it's difficult. And I think the run as well, yes. you know, it's a run that Skip wouldn't have made. No, um, I agree with I that. Mean, I, I think, you know, I, I, I spoke about Sars passing a few weeks ago. I, say I don't want to criticise him after a, you know, a magnificent performance. Um, I, th- I think there's elements of his game that um, aren't quite as good. I mean, that's true of most players. And there'll be games where... You know, it doesn't maybe don't suit him as well. Um, but in terms of his say his energy, his work rate, his pressing, uh, pressing particularly, I think he's just he's just exceptional. Um, and I think also, I think sometimes yesterday he was a bit of a catalyst. I mean, you get this with Basuma as well. There was a um, where where he was you know closing down and tackling a you know, player who's going to break into um, the space behind you know the fullback because our fullbacks aren't fullbacks; they're midfielders. Right. Um, and again, I don't think we quite saw Skip doing to the same degree, which were just exceptional. And I think the crowd got a lift off that. You know, when he's sliding in, taking the ball and, and clearing it out and closing off an opportunity really early, everyone gets a lift off that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have to ask, let's look at our centre-backs for a second. I felt uh, I, I felt we saw the, the kindling of, of a partnership that's really going to grow. Um, it feels like Romero... Uh, can play a little more his game because he knows he's got speed next to him. They both held a really impressive line and on a, on a couple of very important occasions yesterday, actually. I was particularly impressed with Van de Ven holding his line. Um, do you feel the same confidence in their growth? I mean, it's early doors and obviously Van de Ven is raw. You can see that. But even in that rawness, you can see that the ceiling is, get, is, is high and he's getting closer to it every week. I mean, I thought Romero was wonderful yesterday. I thought he had a, probably I thought, his best game for about six months for us. I thought I, I thought he had a fantastic game. I agree, and yes. would be near the top of my list of kind of yeah. best performers. And I think again, maybe that extra responsibility and that generational shift we've talked about, yeah, has benefited him. I think the other issue was that this thing I've been mulling over for a, for a few weeks. Um, we, I think last season, you know, we, there's quite a lot of criticism for, you know, where he got his red cards and, um, you know, um, you know, some of his rash challenges and stuff. I, I, I almost think we're in the, because of our back line, because of some of the frailties there, I think maybe a, a lack of trust amongst, you know, about the players he was playing alongside. I think he was almost making kind of last ditch tackles in central midfield or high up the pitch because he didn't trust the players behind him. Correct. And, you know, it was always a thing, yes. right, I, I'm going to take this player out because I don't, no, that- I don't, I don't want to leave them to Dyer or I don't want to leave them to Davis or, you know, whoever else because of, there was you know, a where trust breakdown for sure. I would agree with that. And, yeah. And, 
so I think, yeah, I think he found himself in positions where he almost felt he had to do it because the other players didn't have the physical physicality he's got. Um, you know, I think there were nerves in the back line early on. I mean, I think that's true of the whole team. You know, we certainly grew into the game and, you know, kind of half an hour onwards. I think, uh, Ange, um, puts part of that down to the youth of the team and kind of inexperience and a, almost an over eagerness, um, uh, to please. Um, you know, we, we spoke about Poro early on. You know, he was dispossessed, dispossessed a couple of times again. But I think, you know, as the game wore on, he, he, you know, he yeah. got he got more and more confident and more and more, uh, you know, so onto it. Yeah. And you know, I think you know, obviously there was the squared ball from uh, Romero to Van de Ven that he missed and went out, which was you know sloppy. Um, I thought in the first half an hour, I thought Van, uh, Van de Ven was probably our weakest player. But I think as the game went on, he grew and grew and grew and grew, and I think he was superb. Um, you know, from you know the last hour of the game, um, you know, I I was I was sat on the um, in the south stand in the corner by the west, and you know, not too far away from where I was sat when I went to the Shakhtar game. Um, so I had Udogi and Van der Ven were the players kind of immediately in front of me in the first half. Um, but yeah, I, I think in terms of a partnership. It looks great. I mean, they both could do a bit of everything. Um, you know, the pace of Van der Ven really helps. Um, I mean, the way they held their line twice mm. in the second half was really impressive. I've not, I mean, I've, I was thinking about this. I didn't see us hold a line that well all of last season. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I mean the, the, yeah, I mean, this know. might be, a, this might be another reason why, um, Rail was dropped for this game because I think there was a few times last weekend against Brentford where he was a yard or two yeah. behind the rest of the line. Yeah. Um, uh, well, so it, yeah, I, it, I thought it was great. It was great. It's so interesting, um, you know, because I, obviously, you know, I, I mean, I watched the game and then watched the highlights again. Actually, just to re the review, uh, I listened to Angie's post match. Um, you just said it. The media just said it. And it's at times like this I wonder if I am watching a slightly different game. I I, I watched that first thirty minutes and did not quite see the the. I mean, I think it was a much more even game. But I never felt that we were being overrun. I mean, I, I, I heard Ten Hag saying something about, you know, we bossed the first time. I didn't see that at all. And as a matter of fact, in the first half, you know, we hit the woodwork twice. Uh, you know, I, I, I just didn't, I, I didn't see that overpowering. I, I, I think Vicario made a really important save early doors from Rashford, mm-hmm. precisely the sort of save that Hugo has not been making for the last two seasons or any goalkeeper we've had for that matter. It was arguably as, as, as impressive as, as the impressive ones he made. And then I couldn't help but reflect on the fact that our first movement in the game, if that yeah. comes five minutes later and Sonny's maybe a little bit warmed chance, up, yeah. that's yeah. in the top right-hand corner. So, I mean, I, I, I wonder if just for Ange, and it goes back to what you're saying, about you know the the speed of movement and the you know the point you're making about Emerson needing a couple of touches maybe mm-hmm. when he was referring to the, that first thirty minutes maybe he's talking about the fact we just weren't moving as crisply as he would like us to move. Um, I mean, I, yeah, I'm not sure, so sure about that. I think I think there was a nervousness. I mean, I, I, so I'd agree with you. I think um, people talking about United's United's dominance in the first half it's not something I saw, and um, mm-hmm. when I um, when I got onto our kind of pod group chat at half time, I said I didn't I don't look at it during the game. Um I was a bit you know, people watching on T V were seeing something different f- from me and uh, yeah, I wasn't I didn't have the kind of same nervousness or, you know, think United were as good. I think, you know, they, they United created chances, but I think there was only you know, like the the only really clear cut one was the uh Fernandez header 
yeah. uh, which he should have done better with. But other than that, I thought we kept them at arm's distance and uh, you know, arm's length. I thought we did dealt with them pretty well. Yeah, and I felt exactly the same. You know, I, I, and, I, yeah. and I thought in terms of kind of our defensive shape, I thought we were pretty decent. So whilst you know yeah. United were getting the ball out, you know, into positions, they didn't really create much. And you know, we, once we found yeah hit our groove, we seemed to be playing out and through them yeah pretty 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 well. And I, you know, I agree. Yeah, well, yeah, we saw so the I, same thing. Yeah, I, I didn't, you know, seeing the ground, I didn't didn't feel nervous. I mean, you know, I might have just been high on kind of euphoria and vibes and stuff. <laughs> and you know, like you, I kind of watched the I watched the game back this morning um, to try and yeah, you know, just to see whether that was the case. But I, I, I didn't, it didn't actually say watching it on Spurs sorry. play this morning didn't really feel any different. To, so go on, so you laughing no, at being high on for no. euphoria? Well, no, because it made me think. If you're high on the euphoria of, of being at the game, it just made me think. Wow, I wonder if I walk around in a constant high state of euphoria because I felt the same. And I was, I mean, I was in fucking Dallas, Texas, watching this thing. I mean, I felt the same. I never. So I thought the coverage of, of that first half in the media, in particular, was really didn't quite reflect what I saw. Um, but you know and and it I mean, seems that, that you feel yeah. same. i mean i think if you look at just the stats for it i think um the figures for the first half you know show that man united edged it but yeah that failed the eye test for me a bit but yeah, say, yeah. plenty of people i respect disagree with that so you know maybe i maybe i'm just high on euphoria and uh, and i've got it wrong but um, no, yeah. you haven't got it wrong because I also agree with you, which means that you've got it right. So, and, and let, so me, let me and, be conclusive. And, and the whole point <laughs> of us, Steph, is we're meant to balance each other out, aren't we? So, <laughs> this is worrying. We can't go through a season both being high on euphoria, can we? Will we? Well, we're going to go into the second half, which I suppose... <laughs> Well, I mean, we're going all over the place with this game, and it, as we should, because when you are high on euphoria, folks, you, there is no real pattern. But uh, James Madison, he brings pattern to our game. He mm. brings so much. My God. I mean, every passing week, I'll stop apologizing for this at some point in in the near future, I promise. But every week, this guy just reminds me of my uh, disparaging comments about him several years ago. And I just look and I'm like, and now I'm just looking. One year like, ago. One year has ago. There been, well, I started a couple of years before that. Let's right, not okay. cheat me of my, uh, you know, but, uh, but, I, but look, I, I, this is the wonderful thing about football. And, uh, it, you know, it, as we say, it can make a hypocrite of you. And I'm delighted when it does in these situations, because I look at this guy and I'm like, has there been a more natural fit for Spurs in, in, in the last 10, 15 years in midfield? And when, and when my Tottenham Hotspur idol, Glenn Hoddle is waxing lyrical about him, uh, you know, you need no more. You need no more uh, endorsement than that. And and he was, and again, he was magnificent yesterday. I mean, magnificent. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he just looks like a natural Spurs player. And I think, you know, just saying about kind of Romero kind of stepping up with the responsibility placed on him. Yeah. I think Madison is clearly enjoying playing on a bigger stage. And I think yeah. he's, I think he, he feels like he's walked in there and just said, right, this, this is my place and you're going to, you know, I'm going to make this my own. And he just looks comfortable. He just looks comfortable. He looks like he's thought, right, I've arrived. And it, 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 yeah. yeah. Isn't it interesting that, you know, we all thought that he had been signed ostensibly. I mean, obviously he'd been signed because I didn't, we needed No, I know what you're like going to say that. here. I didn't. I didn't think this at all. So Okay. And many people thought he had been signed because he and Kane would work together and so on and so forth. But I think it's now very clear that he, he would have obviously known more about what's in the tea leaves than most people because they obviously speak. And I think to your point, he must have thought this is going to be my moment and this is going to be my place and this is going to be where I can I can be the man and and he is and he's being the man in 
in a way, in a very, very mature sense as well. I mean, he really is leading. It, it's, it's, it's really something. I mean, you know. Yeah, and I think, I mean, him and Basuma particularly, when you look at them, you know, kind of picking up the ball deep and just running at teams. Oh. And, it, it, and you know, having, I mean, Sar's a decent ball carrier as well. I don't think that's what he stood out at yesterday. I think it was more, you know, his pressing or what have you. But, you, you, you know, in that midfield, you've got three players there who are capable of picking up the ball from deep and running at teams. And that's really difficult to deal with. It's very difficult to stop a player like yeah. that without fouling them. And, um, you know, and, and we've got, you know, two two exceptional ball carriers there yeah. and you know both you know, different physicality but both very difficult to get off the ball difficult you know can dance through people create chances just you know, it was an absolute pleasure to see at, at stages and there was one run he did where I, was, I think it was almost kind of gazaresque in terms of you know, yes. again, very very different stature and build and what have you but just the way he was the lightness of touch and the way he could just touch the ball and you know dri- drift past people He's got a kink and a jink in his run, and I love it, and it's perfect. He really does have that jink. He's like the dip and the swerve, and he's just so yeah. And that yeah. ball sticks to him. Yeah, he was he he was fantastic. And uh, but you mentioned another player there who, uh, you know, I think this pod said last week was making his unofficial debut for us in a sense. Who was Ezebusuma? I mean, again, if last week was a fine performance, this week was a wonderful performance. And another player, you know what strikes me, Milo, is that these players, that you can see and feel that they are happy to be Mm -hmm. playing football and that they are happy to be playing for this club. There is such a transformation in their, not just their style of play, but it feels like, and you know, I like to read this stuff, their emotional attachment to the game they're playing, the job they're doing. They seem like they're having a great fucking time. And he yeah. was just loving life. I had a horrible feeling. So when we played Barcelona a couple of weeks ago, and Basuma was, was great in that game as well, I was, I was thinking, don't be too good. Don't be too good in this game because I don't, <laughs> I don't want them seeing you. And yesterday I was looking at the team thinking, he's a hundred million pound player. Oh, you know, we've got, we've got Steel there. Yeah, yeah, and, you know, yeah. and I was looking at and, and Doggy and I was thinking, that's oh, a hundred million, million pound player. <laughs> And, and you, I'm kind of looking across this team and I think, you know, I mean, you could say, you know, Romero on this kind of form is, is up there with anyone. You know, we've talked about Van de Ven's, you know, potential, you know, obviously he's a few years behind that. But you go through this team, and you're thinking, oh, hang on, you know, and, yeah. Yeah. you know, potentially we're at a position, you know, we've got players who are on the fringe of the side that we can't shift for love nor money. And then you're looking at players who are starting, you're thinking, well, hang on, someone's just gone to that club for stupid money and you're better than them. Mm. Yeah. And, Is you it- know, or you've got that potential. It's just... Yeah. Yeah. It feels like confessional time again. This is the, the game is about glory's confessional pod. I mean, we've, I have, uh, I think we've all taken a dig at him in fairness. I think we can all like put a hand on this particular, uh, rudder. Fabio Paratici has done, as we can now see, some excellent work. Mm-hmm. Um, and increasingly you realize that the ill fit in our setup for the last couple of seasons was actually the manager um it's 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 really interesting and and in a sense you have to give him even more credit for sticking with the policy of 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 scouting the sorts of players he scouted even knowing that that manager was not maybe going to give them the chance i mean that takes some that's some mind trick to to get players to sign and say look hang in we we have a plan and he must have done that because these players hung in and here they are they're getting their break and they're and they're and they're flourishing so yeah, I, mean, I, I have I'm to not, give him credit. I'm not, not sure that would. I'm not sure that would have been too much of a problem in in because last summer uh, players we brought in then, you know, we were still high off 
you know, kind of that great finish yeah. season before last. So really, it's only January. So Porro is probably the only real player that we've we've struggled. And I think probably what we said to Porro is that you know we've got a manager here who's great with wing backs, and you're a great wing back. Yeah, um, sure. I, you know, I mean, the other person we've got to give credit to is uh, Gabonini, who yeah. we know has been stepping up. We know, um, you know, we know he's been instrumental in the summer. So obviously, we know that Paratici is still around and is doing you know, consultancy. I'm doing air quotes for for listeners. Um, <laughs> um, I mean, you know, Paratici was at the Brentford game. There was, sel- there was pictures of selfies of him taking. There were selfies that fans had taken with him outside the ground. I saw that. So, yeah. so you know, he's not. He's not even lying low. Um, no, it's, it's quite cheeky, actually. I thought it was really so. <laughs> yeah, it, it's. <laughs> so you know he, he 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 is still around he's still involved you know we'd be livid if it was another club wouldn't we really let's be fair we'd be spitting feathers but i mean it's obviously within the the laws of what needs to be done but i mean we would be having a dig i i, well, I think i would be anyway if it was anything else but fifa lifted it didn't he so he could do some work so you know i'd i'd i'd, I'd assume that he's gone from being on the payroll to to invoicing the club is my guess is probably the difference <laughs> yes. it's, uh, yeah. Oh, well, whatever it I, is, it's working. And uh, and, yeah. and and again, I think it's just important that we that we yeah. You know, again, we're so busy, and we're not necessarily but as a support group. We do criticise, as is our right, as we should, and as has been deserved at times. But let's give the praise where it's due as well. So while we're collecting apologies, I think there's quite a few due to Vicario because he was absolutely superb yesterday. Yeah. No. I mean, I look. I I I, I said it last week. I said I think that you know we're going to have to be patient and understand that his style of play and how he looks is going to inspire a little anxiety in some people. Um, but he. No, he's got a style which is edgy. He, he, he I mean, he look. You look at him; he's buzzy, but he's exciting, and and, yeah, and he was excellent yesterday. Yeah, I don't th- again, I think I don't think. You know, other oh, than that's the in the eye of the, the beholder. I mean, we're, I, I think, we're, I, th- I think other than the, the kind of early nerves in the team, I thought he looked really assured, and obviously he made some great saves. I mean, obviously, I think two yes. of the saves, two of the great saves he made, actually he didn't need to make because they turned out to be offside. But it doesn't doesn't stop them being great stops. Good for and, him. Yeah, and good, his, his use of the ball was superb. That's very impressive and again i think one of the things you know i was talking earlier on about kind of playing on that uh, playing on the edge playing on that line which is yeah, where i think well, sar and poro came on you know people get jumpy about him because he allows the player to get close before he plays the pass but that is the tactic because that means yeah, you're taking that yeah. player out and then you, you you're bypassing right. the press yeah. so you know we are intentionally playing on that on that line on on the right. edge and uh, but i think a lot of the criticism is from people who aren't recognizing that and that's part you know recognizing that's part of the plan that's what we're going to do that, that's that, that that's human nature and that's going to happen and you know i think every again we're going back into the tactical breakdown of who this player is and he's essentially a third center back as much as anything else which is you know as as we've detailed a really important part of what this manager likes to do and it allows those uh those fullbacks to to push up high and invert so i mean there's there's many factors but at the end of the day uh you know, people are going to be, you know, people are going to be people. And yes, he, he had a fine game yesterday. And again, for me, the standout save that he made, I love the two. I mean, I love those two picture, picture postcard ones. They're lovely and they look great and they were very good. I mean, the one from, um, 
Casemiro's header in particular was su- was supremely impressive. Yeah, yeah. But that early save from Rashford is precisely the sort of goal we've been conceding for the last year or all of last season that just buries us before we've even got started. It was, you know, and, and he made it and he, and he made the stop. I think it's massive. So, yeah, no, I agree. And I like to see him. I like his vocal style. I like the fact he's unafraid to talk. And and to sort of g people up, it's it's very it's very encouraging, it's very exciting. But yeah, I I yeah, I mean, an, an apology maybe you know people can apologise, but I think more than anything, hopefully it's trust. Now now people will hopefully trust him a little more. That's kind of I think a, an important thing. And um, I I know, <laughs> folks, he's looking at me because he knows what I'm going to ask. Um, and we we had it in the notes. It's it, it's or I had it in a set of notes that I've made. It has disappeared, but I have to ask. I have to ask you. How does Christian Romero not get a penalty? (laughs) How is that not a penalty? That's contact in the box. More contact than last week's that was given against us. I I didn't include it because I find bar conversational ref decisions boring. Um, I don't. I don't don't find them boring. I think we should talk about that. Why why do you think that wasn't a penalty? I think it was 50-50, you know, I think, you know, same as their handball claim at the other end, um, you know, when we talk about kind of penalties after the, you know, Man United games with penalties, obviously, you know, Wolves were harder done by than either of us on Monday night. I, yeah, I, I don't, I don't have much interesting to say about it. It was a 50-50 call that didn't go our way. You know, they get given sometimes, sometimes they don't. I don't think it was clear cut, but yeah. And, you know, same at the other end, you know, I think, I think probably the handball decision, um, was right, but, you know, and, and Ten Hag was pissing and moaning about it afterwards. But you know, oh, Bruno Fernandez wanted a full apology. He wanted that. He wanted that. He wanted the PGMOL to come in and uh, and bring him a fruit plate well, and and, uh, and, 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 it, a, and a cup of Horlicks to to, and, to calm his nerves and a, and a warm and, blanket and, and a hug. Man United, and it's Man United, so they'll probably get it. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, I, I, but you know, sometimes you see them given. I think it would have been really harsh to give it. You know, considering the shot was at point blank range. But you know, sometimes it goes against you. I yeah, I just. Yeah, it's just not a part of the game I'm particularly interested in. Like, and I, I just, yeah, no, and I think you know, if you're not moaning about refs constantly, uh, yeah, it's all just, I, I, yeah. yeah, I'm not, I'm not going to apologise for bringing it up because it's a question that 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 uh, many many people were discussing last night, and I think it, it behooves us to discuss it as uncomfortable as it is. And uh, I think we're just, yeah, I mean, I think it is unfortunately going to be a part of every game. It seems, yeah. Well, we'll we'll log that one up. I thought the Romero decision was appalling. As a, I thought it was a really poor decision. So, uh, but anyway, uh, let's get to uh, well, well. There's one note we haven't uh, addressed. Going to go back to James Madison. Uh, he left the stadium on crutches in a boot. He was at pains to say in the neutral zone, uh, neutral media zone, that this was a preventative measure. He certainly didn't look particularly injured at celebrating after the game. Um, ha- have we heard anything else? And I mean, look, Nothing if today. he missed, what's that? No, nothing today. I mean, I, I think that's probably the kind of thing that they'd. You know, they won't be in, in training today, so it'll be a day of rest and they'll probably assess it on Monday morning, won't they? Yeah, yeah. And I mean, do would we agree that we probably have uh, in, in Gio Lo Celso a player who, whilst not, you know, maybe, well, he's, he's not James Madison, but he could probably step in and do a, a really good job for the title yeah. in that position? I think it was interesting, again, what Andrew was saying in the post-match press when he was talking about Saar and, and Porro, he was saying that, you know, part of what he's trying to do at the moment is have a look at the whole squad and see what yeah. he's got available to him. So it wouldn't necessarily be a bad thing. 
if um, if Madison was out of that game and we we saw, we saw Gio, I yeah. I suspect that with only one game a week at the moment, he'll probably be fine. And after you know a bit of ice and um, some anti-inflammatories and a bit of rest, he'll be fine and he'll be ready ready at the weekend. Yeah. But um, relaxing in that fantastically designed backyard of his. <laughs> I I mean I think you know Bournemouth is going to be an interesting game. I've been really impressed with the transfer business they've done this summer and you know I like the manager I think I think you know there's some interesting things going on there um so I don't think it's a game that we should be taking lightly um no, not at all but but yeah I I I, th- I think he'll probably be fine but if he's not then I'll be I'll be really interested to see how Gio does with a start you know he hasn't yeah. come off the bench so far this season um great yeah yeah I wonder what music James Madison listens to. I've been trying to figure that out. He looks like he could be a bit of an, uh, a Derude throwback guy, like a bit of an Ibiza, like, you know, club anthem sort of sort of chap. But I might be selling him short. Do you think he's matured into a Radiohead fan or something of that nature? I mean, I don't know. I'm not sure I agree with the principle that one's better than the other. Um <laughs> I mean, I mean I, yes, I'm, I love it. I don't. <laughs> um, I, I, I don't mean, disagree I, with you at all. No, I, I'd I rather mean, I, listen to Derude than Radiohead. I, and, no, I mean, I, quite I, 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 I hate. I know you hate Derude. I know it's you just, hate it. it. That's why I brought it up. <laughs> um, so I think no, I don't think Madison would listen to that. But um, <laughs> tough one, know. isn't it? It's a tough one. If anyone has any ideas of what music James Madison listens to in his perfectly uh, designed background, please let us know. Don't don't fuck up my Twitter feed again (laughs) with all this shit. My notifications. I don't want this. The game is about glory. Has its own Twitter feed. I know it's me picking them up. I don't want. I don't want all that shit on there. By the way, you've let yourselves down this week because he's aching to sing, even though you can tell that's why he's got his little horse, because he was singing all of yesterday. He wants you to know. Anyway, I, I won't I won't out you anymore on the singing front, okay? But what I will say is that maybe one of the warmest smiles I had watching highlights and, well, I watched the game, then I watched the highlights, then I watched all the news stuff. So anyway, Deli Alley was back at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, looked Really happy, looked really relaxed, and and he was there with, with, with Eric Dyer as a guest of Eric Dyer, who I, I you know I, I finally have been forced to sort of uh, concede is probably coming to the end of his run with us, but nonetheless it was lovely to see them both. I mean, the, the the emotionalist in me love to see them both hanging out together, um, and just love to see them happy and and actually there supporting supporting the club. I mean Eric Dyer was not involved in the match day squad, but there he was, uh, and there's Dele. It was great, wasn't it? It was lovely. Lovely thing. Yeah, no, really nice to see. I mean, there was, um, they've been planned, uh, to sing Delhi's song on, on 20 minutes. And, uh, you know, I mean, this goes back to the interview he gave, you know, a few, yeah. a few weeks back. Um, it had been planned to do, you know, since then to do it on 20 minutes, you know, during the game. And it started up, but, uh, Man United had a, had a corner at the time and it didn't, it was unfortunate in terms of, you know, where the play was at that point because then kind of the focus turned on, abusing mason mount i think it was um and the delhi uh the delhi yeah. chant didn't take off which was a real shame because i think and we did i say i certainly didn't know he was in the ground at that point but it would have been really nice if if it had taken off and and he'd heard that but you know that that you know that just that great just that he sometimes. was there Great, he was there. Yeah, and I, have to... I, I, I was kind of thinking back. I was, I was, I was thinking back to that. Do you remember when Adebayor and Suakoto were in the stands and they were uh, sending photographs? I think they were taking the piss, weren't they, during a, a yeah, game after? Yeah. And I saw kind of Delhi and Dyer there, and thinking, you know, 
I say not, not two players have been cut out, but a player has been. You know, certainly looks like he was on the very much on the fringes at the moment, and the kind of the difference yeah. in terms of attitude and, yeah. and approach and and yeah. what have you. Yeah, just all in on the club as opposed to like, yeah, no, I agree, yeah. I agree, and and yeah, of course, I go on. I was, I was going to say it's going to be interesting to see what happens with Dyer because he's got a year left on his contract. Um, I mean, I think it would probably be best for him. You know, we, we're looking to bring in, and we understand another defender, which means that you know he's pushing. You know, it pushes him further down the pecking order, and you know, makes him what fifth or sixth choice. I don't know. Um, fifth choice, probably. Um, yeah, I think between it's probably between him and Sanchez as to who's fourth choice. Um, I find it really hard to see Dyer playing effectively in this system. It's just you know we're just yeah. playing too high, too aggressive, too quick for, for him. I think, and. I just uh, it'd be interesting to see you know he's meant to oh. want to stay stay for the last year but it'd be interesting to see what would happen if there was an offer you know whether that's a you know chance to go back to Portugal or um I don't know it, it, well, I'd, I'd, I'd rather yeah. that he he left now on a high and you know and made the best of you know whatever years he's got left for his career rather than hung around and then kind of well look, sloped off. I mean yeah, I, I look. I, I my 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 heart disagrees, but my head says that that's a hundred percent right. And at this point, it, it you know you have to trust your football intellect versus my increasing yeah you know, my my uh, my heart, which would take me into you know keeping him around forever because he's such a good bloke. But this is a football club, and it's not right. And uh, I agree with you. The I'm, right thing to do. It's, it's the right thing to do with the football club. And right now, in the football sense, Davo is is the better backup for sure for a variety of reasons so i mean it's it's sort of indisputable at this point and even for those of us who love eric dyer it really I mean, is you've watched the doc though Could, couldn't you see the kind of the romance of him going back to sporting wouldn't oh, wouldn't that be great I, I, you know be going brilliant. back to sporting uh, lisbon and no, you know, playing I, the champions I, I league and you know all that that'd be great i think i couldn't agree more it would be it would be wonderful um but and before we go on to closing thoughts i just want to let everybody know that um uh, milo displayed his um his photography skills yesterday uh it was a very artfully constructed photograph showing the beautiful curves of the uh <laughs> of the um of the west stand the light shining through the roof and the thunderous figure of roy Keane. not my photo no no stole that off twitter well so. i was i was fooled but whoever composed that if it, a little more high def would have been great, but beggars can't be choosers. It was wonderful. He just looked so angry. And in the post-match Sky interviews, what a bitter man. I mean, he just can't let it go. He's just so bitter. And he's sort of... <laughs> Obviously, I didn't watch the Sky coverage, but my understanding is at half-time, he was saying that it was arrogant of Spurs to try and play like Man City. Yes. Yes, I mean, I, I, I mean, I, I love. Look, I love. I, I do love Roy Keane. I think he's a great character, but he's just he's so off it right now. And then his his final conclusion, uh, uh, mate, was that he said that the the biggest criticism he could give Man United was that they're the new Spurs. <laughs> I mean, he's just so bitter, such a bitter man. But anyway, let's, let's go to. Well, okay, what did you think of Man United? Let, let's let's give Roy let's give Roy the truth here. <laughs> I, I thought they were really poor, um, and I th- yeah, I think as uh, I'm trying try to think how to put this, I think we were better in pretty much every area of the pitch. I think you know physically it wasn't a battle. They w- they just couldn't compete with us physically. They couldn't p- compete with our intensity. Um, you know, when you think about how much money they've spent over the last few years, it doesn't really look like a team. Um, you know, I, I was funny enough. I was up in Manchester on on Monday with work, and so I travelled up from London, and 
on the train up, loads and loads of Man United fans traveling, you know, up up from London, you know, their natural home. And <laughs> my hotel my hotel was full of Man United fans. And then obviously a lot of pissed off kind of tourist Man United fans on the way home as well. If I thought about it, I would have gone out to Old Trafford to join the the Greenwood protest that happened that night and didn't yeah. really I didn't really know that was going on until kind of later on mm. when I when I had a, a a meal in front of me um but it was yeah so it was kind of and they were absolutely appalling against wolves and you know how they lucked a result out of that is is beyond me because they were you know completely second best yeah and i think other than the first you kind of you know kind of 25 30 minutes against us i don't think they were in it and i don't think you know they don't think they were as good as some of the you know as you said some of the some of the pundits and uh analysts have said in in that first 30 minutes I think they've got problems. I think there's some gaping holes in that team. Um, I think, you know, good teams are going to be able to get at them. And I think, you know, obviously the way they've handled the Mason Greenwood stuff over the last, you know, month or so, well, actually full stop is just absolutely disgusting. And um, I, I think that it probably, I think it shows a lack of judgment from Ten Hag and from the the seniors there. And it's those you know, obviously there's an ethical issue around what they've done, but also I think it kind of spells broader problems. And I think maybe it kind of is destabilizing them because the focus on the, on Man United at the moment is on all the wrong things. And we know what that's like when the focus is on the wrong things. So you start, you know, questioning yourself and all the rest of it. And, you know, again, we did our preview a few weeks ago. This is a really competitive league this year. There's, there's a lot of good teams there and they can't, carry, they can't allow this to carry on too long because they're not, they're not good enough to catch up and, yeah. and run away. You know, this, the season could, the season could be over for them in terms yeah. of, you know, before it started. I, I think that there are some serious attitude problems uh, within, this is what I observe, within yeah. the club, within the team, but also with the manager. I mean, the manager mm-hmm. to me has it, it, come across, and again, I watched his post-match interview, very reductive, um, mm. you know, very, very uh, ch- chastising his players publicly, uh, you know, effectively throwing them under the bus for mistakes. There's no, and, and actually seeming uh, quite irrationally irritated, which of course, is, as, as we both know, um, doesn't do anything for your football club. We've experienced it with two different managers now who, you know, they bring mm-hmm. their grievances and that, that kind of negative energy uh, to, to the public eye. It doesn't help. Uh, and, you know, the goalkeeper, rather than talk about what their problems might have been, mm-hmm. was uh, completely convinced that they were they were hard done by and that they should have won it was, it was sort of alarming actually to be honest that to, to, to see on the pitch I, I think that their midfield looks I mean their midfield looked lost I mean uh, Mason yeah. Mount doesn't look like I, I'm not I like Mason Mount as a player I think he's a great player but he had absolutely no effect on that game whatsoever I think Fernandez is becoming a problem for that side um, in, in the sense of he's just not delivering commensurate to the arrogant uh, and, uh, projection and, that he brings, and they've given uh, him the armband. He, Fernandez uh, is, really, is captain, yeah. and yeah. you know you talk about um, Ten Hag being kind of whiny. I mean, obviously Fernandez is one of the most whiny oh. and complaining player you know players around, yeah. and I, I, I do think it kind of sets the tone. Yeah. And yeah, just just some really really funny decisions. I, I agree with you about Mason Mount. I think he's you know obviously he's a very good you know technical technical player yeah but he just wasn't in the battle yesterday no no way i didn't um, know what he was doing i didn't know how he was trying to affect the game i didn't know what the game plan for him was it didn't seem that he had a part in it 
And I, yeah. I think, you know, I think he's always had a tendency to drift out of games. He's not really there, you know, he's not, you know, in for the fight so much. But yeah, it, it's, I, I yeah. really, I, yeah. I thought they were poor. Uh, the other thing that I did see um, with there, which really was surprising, and, and it just struck me when you looked at our centre-backs, centre you know, there's only one direction our centre-half partnership or our first-choice centre-half partnership is going, uh, and that's forward and up. And, mm-hmm. you know, you look at you look at theirs, I mean, who you know, we're looking at older players, even, you yep. know, in the holding midfield, you're looking at an older player. They obviously have that. So I agree with you. They they have some pretty big problems. And I will be very, very surprised to see them in the top four this season. As a matter of fact, I think they're looking more like a sixth or seventh side if they if they continue to get the rub of the green as they had against Wolves. I just think that their issues are too big. And Mason Greenwood, as you say, what a disgrace. That's a very simple moral call. And, we're, you know, and, and for anyone who says, well, he was found uh, innocent. No, he wasn't. He was uh, found not guilty because the witnesses dropped out. And, you know, there's a very there's a clear moral, uh, there's a clear moral responsibility here. Uh, you know, and, and yeah, look, I would be absolutely livid if our football club even remotely entertained uh, keeping someone like that. I'd be livid. Can I dip back into our game before we go to one positive, one negative? Because you you raised something I think is really important. People talking about the forward line. To me, well, I'll let you get into the style of the game and and why patience needs to be had because of the style we play. I think I'll let you take that. For me, I think we need to be patient and still recognise that, you know, this is a side and, and, and indeed these are forwards who are still deprogramming from a previous way of attacking and who are still deprogramming from a previous way of, of creativity coming. And, and, you know, I think we have to be patient. I personally have heard people writing off a Charleston already, you know, can we give this guy 10 or 12 regular games, you know, start after start and let him find some fucking rhythm. I mean, you know, people are saying, well, the evidence is there based on last season. He got, he got no rhythm last season. He got no chances. I, I think we have to give these forwards every opportunity to play together for a while. Would you agree? I, I thought the front line did really well in the, particularly in the second half. Um, I think, you know, I mean, I said, like I said on the pod last week that I thought that, um, you know, playing against Man United might suit these players more than, you know, Brentford who, you know, sat deep and were very compact. And I think that was true. Um, I do think that there's issues with our wide players, particularly, um, and particularly Sun in beating a, you know, a deep defense from a standing start because it's just not what he's good at anymore. Um, but I thought in this game, we, um, again, you know, particularly in the second half, I thought we worked well to, 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 I thought he was good. And I think, uh, we worked well to, you know, to beat the uh, Man United defence, you know, partly that's you know through a doggy and and Madison supporting him and those little triangles Absol- and to get him in behind. Massive, um, yeah. You know, I think you know one of the reasons why last week I was saying that I thought that Poro might might uh, come in for Royal and and take that place is because he's a better passer and he's a better distance passer than uh, than we've got elsewhere in midfield. And, you know, I think we certainly saw that with the, the first goal where the ball he played in behind for, for Kulisewski to run onto. Mm. Um, and he's also got a cross-field ball on him. So, he, you know, we didn't see it too much yesterday, but, you know, we, he, could, he could play in Sun as well. So I, I think, you know, these are the kind of things we've got to think about. Um, and then, you know, I thought Richarlison, um, he kept, you know, the role... He's been asked to play is not the role we're used to seeing from centre forward. He's there to try and you know force the Man United line back, keep the defenders busy, uh, occupied, and give them something to think about, which I thought he did really well. He's a foil for others to play off. Um, 
But more than anything in this system, and I think, you know, we've got to think about this with the defenders as well. And this isn't just Spurs. This is modern football. You know, we're defending as a unit and we're attacking as a unit. Yeah. And what you, what we saw, say, with the Sarko, for instance, you know, you've got those runners into in behind so that the forwards are pushing the defence back. They're creating that space. What, you know, when, when I was talking about, um, you know, centre forwards, you know, pushing the defenders back, Look how much space there is between the Manchester United defence and the next line of Man United players when Saar comes in. He's got fucking acres of space there. And actually, you know, the second goal as well, the the, the own goal, the the own goal where Ben Davis is coming in. Mm-hmm. You know, he 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 gets a, a toenail to it. I think you know a deft. You know, I'd call it a deft flick. I, I I think it might have been the layer of boot polish that was applied <laughs> to his boots this week. And then obviously, it, you know, it 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 it, it, kind of, it gets deflected in, or you know, as an own goal. But you know, the our forward line pushing up like that is creating the space for those yes. players to come in. So it doesn't matter where the goals are coming from. It's a system based approach, and if those players aren't doing what they're being asked to do, if they're not pushing the Man United uh, team back, then those opportunities don't come. Yeah, so no, if they're, I, I, if they're doing that, that's great. And similarly, defensively, you know, we were talking about last week a lot. I mean, it happened in this game as well, where you get the balls off behind into the space that the fullbacks are, are vacating in order to push back and become, uh, you know, midfielders. Um, that is the system. That is what we're doing there. And how the team comes back and recovers from that. And I think what was great in this game is we didn't really give up many chances from those positions, although those balls were coming in. That's the system working. It is a high risk strategy. But, you know, and I think over, over the season, the forwards will get their goals as well. But, you know, the most important thing is, is the system working. And I think this, what we've seen over these last two games is a system that's been, the players have adapted to very quickly and are doing a, a really good job of implementing. So I'm yeah. really positive about it. No, I agree. And I will say one other thing, and I mean, this is uh, sort of not quite game related, but just to slide this in, like you can really see why Ange would love to have a player like Orban in there because you can see how he'd operate you can see the you can see the chances he'd get and if the one criticism I had of our forward line yesterday it was a little more instinctual shooting on site would be really good there are a few moments where I thought we took a touch too many in the box to try and make the perfect chance and you know the chances are there for quick fast shots and uh you know I'm sure they'll grow into it I'm sure the confidence will take that it will take over and they'll go for those but it would be, you know, you could see a player like him really fitting in. And, uh, you know, as you say, that ball, there's, there's that much more space between the six yard line and the back of the box. Those pockets of space are there and you go to, you know, quick shooting, someone floating in, you can see it happening. So. Yeah. And I think, you know, if he comes in, then I think he's primarily going to be used off the bench. I don't yeah. see, you know, too many changes to this front line. I think, um, but, you know, you can play right the way across the front line. So we can also play in either wide position. So there'll be chances there. Let's see what's that. You know, we know what we've got 37, 38 players in the squad. The maximum we can register is 25. Uh, we've got, we've got, you know, it, about, yeah. it, it, it's not players selling players to raise revenue. It's selling players in order to have a manageable squad and not have a load of people. A lot, a lot of people, the players kicking their heels frustrated because they can't play football. Yeah. No, and, it's a, you know, a point that's made. Yeah. There's no point in adding to that until we can clear those out. So hopefully we'll we'll see those you know those changes soon. One positive and one negative in thirty seconds. No negatives. Uh, positive. It was okay. great. It's it's the, it's the most fun I've had at a game for years. And um, yeah, as I said earlier on, just get yourself along there as soon as you can because I, I, this is the start of something really, really, really special. I think. And yeah. 
I, yeah. yeah, it uh, felt just, it felt like a really transformative day. It felt like a seminal day in the history of the club in terms of this is and this is a, a, a new era, not just in word or in appointment, but in vibe, feeling, style, and action. It really felt like that, and I wasn't even there. So <laughs> for it to transmit that far, I'm with you. Uh, only only a churlish nitpicking wanker would find a negative I- I- on a day like that. So I'm not going to be that person. Uh, and I'm going to say the same as you. And I think I just did say it. That was my positive, not the churlish nitpicking wanker bit, the bit before about seminal new era and so on and so forth. Um, so, well, there you go. <laughs> And now we look back at the the week that was. That was, was one of the most uncomfortable segues. I go, what an uncomfortable segue. Can we do that again? I, I was just then- about to say about, about the, the game that that was really good fun. Let's do it all again next weekend. You know, there you go. Well, hang on. Let's start this again. I, 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 let's go from the bit where I say I wasn't talking about the seminal. I'm not, I'm not cutting any of this out. They've heard it now. It's- no, I go. That's fine. But let's do it professionally. Let's try and be professional. Okay, I'll start again. Not the bit about being a seminal wanker, but the bit about this being the start of a new era. And so there is, we have it. What is a seminal wanker? I'll leave that to your imagination. We can <laughs> we can figure that out. But let Milo know via Twitter what a seminal no. wanker is. Add that. To- <laughs> Come on, I've given you. Give us the segue. You had a perfect segue. And so there we are, folks. That was Man United, the 2-0 victory, and... That was really good fun. Let's do it all again next weekend. Excellent. And that's the sort of smooth transitional professionalism you get here, straight into the week that was. And uh, let me start with this, and then we'll do our uh, we'll do our trade-off, as we like to do mm. these days. Um, so, Director of Football, Fabrizio Romano, says that Barcelona's Mathieu Alemany... Uh, is under consideration as our new director of football. Alemany is due to leave Barcelona on September 2nd and nearly joined Aston Villa earlier this year. Uh, he's been at Barcelona for two weeks and one of his first moves uh, when he years. joined them. He's been there for two what years. What did I say? Two, two weeks. weeks? Two weeks, oh, yeah. Dear. There we go. You see, I can't be, I can't be trusted to read any fact. Um, but, <laughs> but I can say that one of his first moves at joining Barcelona was to sack Ronald Koeman and make the bold decision to appoint Xavi, who has since won two trophies. I say, evidently, so they they brought in De- uh, Deco and uh, you know his number two or you know, co-director or whatever quite the mm. title is has come in and it, it's not yeah it, they don't get on and um, Javi's not meant to be very happy with the whole thing either so yeah an interesting one should we, should we go on to transfer rumours and it's it's well more we about- should because I realised that that the week that was was just that item it so was, now well, you I, you have the transfer I think tra- I think transfer rumours are part of the week that was that's how I think about it anyway oh, I think. Um, yeah. So it's all about outgoings this week, really, because as we just said, we've got shitloads of players and, um, <laughs> and a lot of them aren't ever going to be able to play. So yeah, yeah. Hugo Lloris, um, Gianluca Damasio saying that Hugo was close to joining Lazio earlier on last week and then reports yesterday, I think I've seen some more today, uh, from Italy saying that Hugo's rejected the chance to join them because uh, Maurizio Sarri didn't meet him in person. That's I, fair I, enough. I I understand also that he was likely to be number two there and he doesn't want to be a number two. Well, I mean, on a side note, I mean, can I ask you, where is he? This is one of the most uh, bizarre endings can, to a, a long-standing career can that I, I've, I've seen. Can I suggest something that is pure speculation and unfounded on my part? I love this because you never do, you never, you never do so, this. This is great. This is Milo going off on a tangent. Do you remember back to the Newcastle game when he was subbed at halftime last season and there yes. were rumours about a fight in the dressing room at that point? Yes, yes. And he I hasn't been them. seen or heard of since then. And I just wonder 
whether there might have been some truth in those rumors. As like I said, I've got, I've got no inside information on this. I've got nothing to back it up. But the fact that he hasn't been seen of, yeah, not even, you know, we didn't even see like kind of with Delhi and, uh, and Dyer in the, in the stands right. with no photos in the ground. Um, nothing. I just wonder whether, um, he's, yeah, there was something there. We know that, you know, in the past, I mean, him and Son had, uh, had, had a clash on the pitch, didn't they, a while ago? We have yeah. seen other things from him before. I just wonder whether he might have overstepped the line and it's just they've just drawn a line under it and that might be it. That must have been one hell of a line. But there's nothing, I've got nothing to back that up. That's just pure speculation on my part. I love it. Uh, you know what? I, I think I enjoy it seeing you speculate a little bit. <laughs> I'd like more of it. We need more of your speculation and your singing on this pod. Uh, maybe you can sing. The next time you want to speculate, maybe we can have you sing it. Maybe you can sing uh, you know, Hugo in Newcastle, overstep the line. I've tangented it off. I've lost him. But anyway, uh, shall we go on to Jed Spence? You do that. <laughs> well, I mean, look, this is another sort of, it's a weird sort of what has happened here. The Football League World, um, an outlet I'm not familiar with, I have to say, have reported that Southampton and Crystal Palace are interested in taking Jed Spence on loan. Uh, Jeff Tanganga, Gianluca Damasio says that several Premier League clubs are interested and Inter Milan are interested in Jaffet. Um, with him favouring a move to Italy, which again, I think was the case last summer. One of the Premier League clubs that we know are interested in Jaffa is Luton, who is said to want to take him on loan with an option to buy. Um, I know uh-huh. that... Go on, Steph, sorry. I'm just going to say, I mean, I don't know what move anyone would make um, and without wishing to make everyone in Podland laugh wildly... If I were Jaffet, Jaffet, I'd, I'd take that Luton move for a season. I think it would be great. He'll be in the spotlight. He'll have plenty of opportunities to play. Um, and, and you know, he'll he'll get a really, really good run of games in the Premiership. And, and you know, it, it, I think it would be a great move for him. I mean, he he appointed an Italian um, agent a few you know, a year or so ago. So I think he's been pretty clear that he wants to move to, to Italy. Um, you're suggesting that he would rather go to Milan than Luton. Is that what you're saying? I think that's probably the case. I mean, you know, he was very close to joining yeah. AC Milan last summer, wasn't he? He's appointed an Italian agent for a reason. Um, mm. and, and maybe, you know, although he didn't play too much, uh, maybe he's had enough of backs to the wall defending and, and yeah. wants to, you know, wants to play a bit more. Yeah. Um, but maybe, you know, yeah. it's good that there's options on the table for him. But yeah, I think I suspect that he wants to go to Italy. Uh, so we come to David Sanchez, who, uh, you know, is once again reminding people that he actually is a good footballer in the right system. Um, that's why he's our current third choice centre back. Um, but, uh, he still appears to be available with the equipe and the telegraphs, Mike McGrath saying that AC Monaco are interested in signing him. Just really tough, this one, isn't it? Uh, you know, again, my heart says we should, we should keep him. He's a really good player. He sticks with, he, he's, he's sticking with, uh, and sticking with him would be a good thing. My head says, let's continue the revolution that's happening and let's let Ange have exactly what he wants versus what we can, you know, accommodate comfortably. Yeah. I mean, if you gave me a straight choice between selling Dyer or selling him, and I think one of the two has got to go. They've both got a year left on their contract. You know, both are likely to be fourth choice um when we bring in another center back so you know i think of the two uh, you know sanchez recovery pace and recovery defending i think is probably more of an asset um and you know better fit uh, you know i still have concerns about him on the ball and kind of that speed you know that first touch and speed of passing but you know his fourth choice i think is fine you know he can play both positions and he's he, he's looked good when he's played so far it looks like and agrees um but all of the all of the kind of rumours are from the best place journos is that we're prepared to sell him if the right bid comes in. And it might just be get down to the fact that Dyer evidently doesn't want to 
leave and is prepared to sit out his last year and fight for his chance. Um, yeah. So, uh, you know, unless the kind of the club strong heart, strong arm in, him into into leaving, which you know we know they've done before, um, but it'd be it'd be a pretty sorry state of affairs if you know his time at Spurs is you know the way they do that is to tell him that he'll be training with the kids, you know, the kind of Danny Rose treatment that we saw a few years ago. That's the way they'll try and force him out. Yeah, and, we don't want that path. And no, no, uh, you know, I'd rather, you know, as I said earlier on, I'd, you know, go to sporting or something, you know, someone like that, and you know, with his head held high and. Um, Yep. I don't know. I don't know. You know, I think it just comes down to you know, who's, who, who they get bids for and who's willing to move on. Shall I go on to Sergio, Sergio Reggion? Mm. So uh, Matteo Moretto uh, says that uh, Reggie has agreed terms with Rio Sociedad. And now the easy bit, which is agreeing their preferred loan with an option to buy with us. Don't they all want that? Well, with his injury record last year, I don't think you can blame a club for wanting loan with an option to buy. You know, he's, he, he missed pretty much the whole season. So... Um, yeah, I mean, I think I think that's probably the best we're going to get. Oh, I think we have to we have to jump on it, and uh, as we do with, with Tungy and Dombele, uh, Le Ten Sport uh, Is that say Le that Ren- Sport. It would be, but then uh, yes, let's let's not get too <laughs> corrective here. Uh, <laughs> uh, they say that uh, yeah, Le Dispo, uh, Le Dispo say that uh, uh, Ren or Ron have opened talks with us over a deal for Tungy and Dombele. <laughs> you want me to say, uh, uh, les dispels, c'est the wrong, have opened talks with us of our deal for Tonyan Dombele. Is that better? Is that good? Yeah. Can yeah. I just copy and paste the Hugo Lloris <laughs> section down here so you can do that again in your accent? And, um, <laughs> um, I, look, I, I was just saying, uh, to, to Milo before we started recording, you know, my, my, um, my, my, I would say generous, uh, spirit when it comes to Tottenham Hotspur football club players, especially those who are perhaps having a tougher time than others, um, and has extended in Tongi's case, I think, uh, very magnanimously, uh, and, and consistently. Well, it's, it's, it's gone. I, I'm done. I, I'm, I'm, I've thrown the towel in. You know, you know that wedding speech that goes on way too long and you just throw the towel in to say, shut the fuck up. Uh, that's what I, I'm doing that. I'm done. Just please, let's just end it for everyone's sake, right? Yeah, I mean, evidently, um, Ange hasn't been impressed with his application, his timekeeping and other stuff. I don't know if you saw the squad photos that were released this week. Um, <laughs> I haven't yet, no. Uh, and Dembele has a face like thunder. He looks really pissed off. And yeah, it's. I mean, it's, it's a shame. I, I, I never thought that he was going to work in this system because I don't think he's got the... Um, the athleticism, you know, we were talking just before we yeah. came on to record. If you you put him in place of, say, Saar yesterday and expect him to cover the same amount of ground and track back and tackle and put the... You know, he can't do it. He can't yeah. do it. You know, he couldn't even do what Hoybier did when he came on for the last, you know, 15, 20 minutes. And I just think that that level of um, vision and athleticism it, it just isn't part of his game, as talented as he is. And... Yeah. I, I I do think he's almost a footballer out of time. Out of time, I kind of think like if we could go back to timescales now, if he could do JJ Acocha in Sam Allardyce's Bolton team, I think he'd be great in that and have a team built around him who could. But no one plays like that anymore. He's and almost got a bit. He's almost got a bit of the Stan Bowles from QPR. If you remember Stan Bowles, he's I don't. I'm a, bit, I'm a bit young. I'm a bit young for that. Yeah, but um, but, but then, thanks for bringing it up. I, I like it when you bring up stuff that I don't. I'm too young to remember because it makes me feel 
feel you know vigorous Young. and uh, you're strong and yeah and it doesn't happen it doesn't happen it doesn't happen too often these days so thank you for that it's the kind of boost i needed on a sunday evening excellent it's been a great well, it's been a great weekend for me and then i've <laughs> and then i've just and then i've just supplied the, the final kicker there with, uh, with reminding you of how young and, and and youthful and relevant you still are but I know, uh, it's I, great. I, yeah, it's a, but wonderful. You should be in my shoes. I can mention Stan Bowles and still be young and relevant at the same time. It's it's a fantastic um, uh, trick that I managed to play there. But anyway, we're, we're but, both young and relevant. Let's just yeah. say that. We're, we're yeah. both so happy, aren't we? This is a happy yeah. weekend. What a happy weekend. We, yeah, can, 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 go on. <laughs> so with, with, with these links, so to, to take us back onto the football rather than talking about how kind of vigorous and thr- uh, thrusting we are. Um, <laughs> Trying to prove that our grey hair is actually just, uh, you know, it's, it's cool and trendy, not anything that's right, else. Yeah. No. Um, Ren do seem to be a club that we're quite close with. You know, obviously, we sent a couple of players there last year. So, you know, maybe, maybe there, there is something there. I don't know. Don't know. Yeah, for the um, for the record, I just want to say this. Actually, I said our grey hair. I just want to, for the record, I want to say there's grey in my beard, but my hair is still a hundred percent black, no dye. Let that be said. Now, I know you won't for, cut that out. Thanks Thank for you. That. Thanks for that. You're welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> anyway, uh, carry on. <laughs> yep. Yeah. And Pierre Emil Hoybier, <laughs> Danish newspaper Extra Blade say that Pierre Emil Hoybier is close to a move to Atletico Madrid. I mean, this is a rumor that's been he's been close to. Atletico all summer, I think. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know any more than that, really. I'd like to. I'd like to now read that for Canada Danish accent, being that. I'm no, thank you. There. No, thank you. We've got we've got we've got a lot more Danish listeners than we have French listeners, and okay. I don't want to lose them. Fahille, Satan, Fahille. Someone is going to say Fahelvede is actually how you say Ach Fahelvede. Any of our Danish supporters who wish to translate that for Milo, please hit his Twitter feed. Bloody poor, my poor Twitter feed. Oh, he loves it. He loves it. We love it. This has been a great weekend. Uh, we, 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 we managed to even avoid a VAR fight. That's how good it is. We don't get in a VAR fights when things are this good at Tottenham Hotspur Football Club. Uh, I'm really excited. Um, especially, mate, given the, the, the times that you're in right now that you are able to get to that and, and, and enjoy it and, and, and just, you know, get a really good blast of positive vibe and positive nature. It's, it's, I mean, it's a twofold thing. Obviously, mm. you saw that. And obviously for you personally, what, what, what a great, what a great day to have. And, uh, and, and let's hope, uh, that positivity can, uh, can, you know, stay with you for a long time. I know it's going to stay with me for a long time. We'll be back next week to talk about our trip to Bournemouth, mate. Thank you very much. Uh, Cheers, as Jeff. always. Yeah. A lot of fun. And thank you out there for listening. Keep listening. And we haven't said this for a while, but I'm going to say it now. Tell your friends about us and, you know, help us continue to grow. I'm not kidding. We are growing and we deserve to grow because we're young, vibrant and youthful. And uh, you can... <laughs> oh, God, cut me off. I'm waffling too much. Steph, it's time for your Horlicks and bed. Okay. Going All up right. to you. <laughs> Bye.